Will there or will there not be a massive pre-buy ahead of EPA's 2027 ultra-low NOx emissions rules? The 2027 rules demand much steeper cuts in NOx than we saw back in 2010, and the engine makers have only got three years to pull this off. The first new engines are scheduled to hit the street in calendar year 2026. And believe me, trucking remembers well the cost and the frustration associated with EPA's 2007 and 2010's rules and the damage they did to the heavy truck manufacturing sector. I'm Jim Park. My guest on this episode of HDT Talks Trucking is Tim DeNoyer. He's a vice president and senior analyst at ACT Research. He thinks a pre-buy is inevitable. Before we get to Tim, give that subscribe button a whack and leave us a like if you enjoy HDT Talks Trucking. We'll be back with Tim DeNoyer right after this. Welcome to another episode of HGT Talks Trucking. I'm Equipment Editor Jim Park. We're talking today with Tim DeNoyer, a Vice President and Senior Analyst at ACT Research. Uh, Tim and I are going to dig into a little bit about the pending pre-buy that might come our way thanks to new the EPA's newest uh, regulatory onslaught. Tim, welcome to HTT Talks Trucking. Good to have you aboard, sir. Thanks for having me, Jim. Uh, last September, uh, your colleague Kenny Veith spoke to my colleague Jack Roberts about a pending pre-buy. Uh, at the time, Kenny seemed to think it was imminent, but I'm just wondering, you know, between September and now, since the rules have been published and Folks have had a chance to read them, dig in a little bit. Do you still think uh, a pre-buy is imminent, to at least to the extent that Kenny was talking? Indeed, yeah. We, we think that um, there's definitely um, a very good chance. We think the rules that were published in December by the EPA uh, would suggest uh, we're very much in line with what we were thinking and really do confirm our suspicion uh, as much as we can have one at this point. Uh, there will be a pre-buy ahead of these 2027 uh, rules, the the heavy duty low NOx rules in particular. Well, you've got the low NOx rule coming out from EPA, then you've got GHG rules piling on top of that, and then you've got CARB's omnibus clean truck rule. So yeah, that's I mean, three significant rules coming all at the same time. I'd be pretty nervous about buying a truck that went through all that in, <laughs> in a couple of years period. Yeah, and California is is planning on on going ahead with the uh, the low NOx regulations for 2024, as we understand it at this point, there is still some question marks, I think, in the industry about um, if that's going to, you know, how that's going to happen and how that's going to go. Uh, but uh, but I think um, there could be some pre-buying in, in California um, this year um, as uh, uh, they prepare for this. Um, so, so we do think that that's, uh, to the extent that it's imminent, um, it's, it would be California and, and any states that are going to follow very, you know, soon after. And, and some of those will have staggered rollouts, um, you know, in 2025 or, you know, and so some of the pre-buying may, may take some time, but the national pre-buy that we're expecting um, is really likely to, to, to pick up in 2025, sort of middle of the year and, and, and go through 2026 uh, ahead of the 2027 standards. That's the real big one. Well, I've heard one maintenance consultant, uh, we spoke about this a while back, he's predicting a no-buy. <laughs> is yeah. it likely to get that bad, do you think? Well, you know, you can you can refer back to uh, Newton's third law of motion. <laughs> For every action, there's an equal op- and opposite reaction. And so when we have pre-buys, there's typically a, a low buy uh, thereafter. 
Yeah. Uh, and so um, the, this, you know, the economy only needs so many trucks. So if, if we if we flood the market in one year, um, typically uh, that will pay back in, in subsequent years. Um, <clears throat> to go back to, to a moment ago, I didn't really mention the, the GHG standards, which you're, you're right about. And to kind of talk about why we pre-buy to, to um, <clears throat> You know, we've had a few steps of GHG standards over the past decade, um, which have not had any sort of pre-buying around them, um, which makes perfect sense, right? The the fuel economy. You get fuel economy uh, back. Yeah, there's is, advantages is to that. Well worth the, uh, the 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 small increase in in the in the upfront price of a of a new truck. Yeah. But and we will have a a step up in the GHG standards in 2027. So there will be a fuel economy improvement happening at that that time. Uh, but the the cost and complexity increases of the low NOx standards we think are going to sort of um, overwhelm that. Um, and so e even with those GHG regulations still um, still coming, we don't think that's going to be enough to um, sort of forestall a pre-buy. Okay. Uh I've heard numbers anywhere from 20 to EMA predicted at $1.35,000 increase on the cost of a truck. Do you folks have any handle on how much of an increase you might actually be looking at? Yeah, I think we did some of those studies for EMA. Okay. <laughs> um, and All right. uh, we certainly participated in, in, in a lot of that work. And, and uh, I think, you know, the more recent thinking, because the EPA has pared um, things back, um, there was a good Ricardo study uh, that was published about a little over a year ago at this point, but um, uh, they've done some really good work on this. I think everyone's settling out more in the twenty dollars to $25,000 range on a national um, level. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you could see higher um, cost increases in California in particular. Um, uh, next year, it could be a, a bigger numbers because you know, we take these, you know, research costs and, and, you know, amortize it over a small budget, like, you know, small number of trucks like they sell in California. It's not, you know, not a tiny number, but it's not a national number. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's a lot, you know, harder to, uh, for the manufacturers to do on a single state basis. So, um, so it really gets, um, a little messy at that point. So, um, but I think 20 to $25,000, no, 20 to $25,000 is, is overall roughly the, the, cost increase we're expecting nationally for 2027 about five of that is is this component costs um there's going to be some re-engineering um where the scr system will be close coupled to the engine um we're going to add cylinder deactivation we'll have some more complex scr systems um dual dosing scr systems which will essentially mm -hmm. uh treat the after uh, the, the emissions twice on the way out um that actually has an operating cost disadvantage for truckers uh, because the the DEF consumption is going to go up probably quite a bit by roughly double. Um, and so that's going to cost more just to operate the truck. Uh, and so that's going to, you know, eat into some of those GHG savings, for example. We'll also be adding cylinder deactivation uh, technology to the engines. Um, but that's not the, the biggest piece of the, the price increase. The biggest piece of the price increase is actually um, the increased useful life and warranty provisions in the regulations um, which, um, you know, that is a benefit for the, the, the fleets, the, the purchases are going to have the, the benefit of a long warranty on the emission systems. Uh, but, uh, but that's going to go into the upfront price of the truck. Yeah, the engine makers are going to have to make these things nearly bulletproof to keep them on the road for that long. <laughs> uh, there's, there's a lot being put on, uh, the, uh, much significantly longer useful life, um, requirements and, and, um, and warranty. And I think, you know, 
because I, I, I chuckle uh, and you're right that that's what it's, you know, reading the regulations would sort of suggest in the real world. I think there's going to be more, you know, replacements of, of emission systems, you know, and that does happen, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the market today. To yeah. Yeah. Okay. It sounds like a vague question, I guess, but what is it that causes a pre-buy? Is it fleets just wanting to avoid the expense or the uncertainty or, bring some predictability to their business for a few more years what's the thinking on that yeah so these these trucking companies are are you know their job is to to be as competitive as possible uh and 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 plan fleets for the long term uh and and there will be you know know, typically fleets don't like to pre-buy and they like to have a more consistent um fleet management process uh but when these two sort of factors of willingness and ability to pre-buy align, um, it really can be big. Um, and and to start with, you know, the ability, certainly it has to be a good market. So um, we think that this uh, coming 2027 regulation is sort of most analogous to EPA 07 and EPA 2010. Um, EPA 2010, there wasn't a pre-buy though because nope. we were coming out of a recession and there wasn't an ability to buy because the industry had been through such a, a rough couple of years uh, and mm-hmm. we were still in a fairly loose market. Um, and so industry conditions matter, um, but uh, willingness is the most important. You know, why do they want to? And, and it's, it is really to avoid that additional cost and, and complexity. Um, and, and with a you know $20,000 plus price increase, um, in 2027, uh, those 2026 trucks are just going to be more competitive in the, in the market uh, for a while. And so there's going to be that low buy effect in early 2027 uh, that, um, you know, there's going to be a, a temporary, but but uh, some avoidance of, of the new technology is just sort of mm-hmm. natural. Where does that leave the truck and engine makers? If they've, you know, going triple shifts to build enough trucks, uh, keep the assembly lines awfully busy, but then you've got the engineering side who's trying at the same time to build out these new and technically complex and emission systems while simultaneously pouring money into R&D for zero emissions vehicles. That's <laughs> put a lot of stress on the old bottom line there, cash flow. Absolutely. It's, it's putting a lot of um, pressure on the manufacturers, broadly speaking. I think you're, you're, you're seeing more of what Daimler and Cummins are doing together, where um, Daimler is essentially you know, giving Cummins more responsibility for, for its uh, diesel engineering. And um, I think everyone's really working hard on, on the zero emission side. Uh, but it is, it is constraining the resources and, and um, causing a little bit more outsourcing is one thing we've seen. For sure. Um, we've already seen a couple of smaller truck manufacturers give up making their own engines and haul Cummins in to replace them, I guess. I don't think Daimler's going to walk away anytime soon, but do you see any more of that happening in the market? I mean, longer term, there's a you know, um, bit of a disincentive on, on some of the incumbent OEMs to you know, continue to invest in some of these um, incumbent technologies uh, and that's that's a, a big challenge for the, the long term I think um, I think they'll all be able to to meet these low NOx regulations and, and I, you know I don't think um, I don't see any major shifts I think there's there it's it's, it's unlikely to, to cause as many shifts as the EPA 07 and EPA 2010 uh, standards did uh, at this point it's hard to see you know anything yeah. like those uh, you know big engine share changes back then 
Well, it's, uh, I guess ultimately some good's going to come from all this, cleaner engines, cleaner air. Everybody's going to be happy with that, but it's going to be a pretty rocky road getting there. Um, how do you see all this unfolding? Can you give me a five-year outlook on this? You know, from a trucking industry perspective, there's there's certainly the negatives uh, from a from a pre-buy perspective. I think you know, bigger picture, the, the biggest concern I have with the trucking industry is adding a lot of capacity in a pre-buy uh, is just inherently bad for for rates and 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 hurts yeah. truckers' profitability. Um, now, at the same time, that that's that's a you know probably a one-year comment. We'll have a, a probably a rough down cycle in 26, 27 um, as the industry digests this this pre-buy, but over the longer term, if we think from a five or ten year perspective, um, I think the higher cost base of the industry um, and the the increased complexity that's that's going on um, is is going to actually help pricing power um, <clears throat> for the for for fleets and, and help them to raise rates and um, ultimately, I think it's going to be a, a positive. But there's certainly going to be some some short term pain kind of centered around 2027. Well, some commentators are saying planning ahead for all this is key. Do you have any advice for fleets on, on how to navigate, especially smaller ones? I mean, the big guys have VPs of challenges like this. They can sort it out. But, you know, the 20-truck fleet that's based in Branson, Missouri, you know, how do they navigate this? Any uh, any suggestions for them? Yeah, I think for, for those the small fleets, I, I think be smart about, you know, a lot of those those fleets are, are buying used equipment, and, and a lot of them will, will, will do really well just operating on, on you know, sort of, Secondhand equipment for for long periods of time, and I, mm-hmm. I think that's um, going to you know, be a, a pretty good strategy. Um, and and just being smart about what you buy, and and you know, it's always you know, it's there's always some risks around those those first ones off of the uh, the production line with the new new standard, and um, and that is what I think the industry is going to try to avoid. And and but at the same time, I think uh, um, all of this is 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 generally going to be positive for um, the used truck values, and, and we don't typically see a lot of the emissions components, you know, translate. You know, those values don't translate well into into the used truck market. Mm-hmm. But things like warranties um, and, and longer useful lives of uh, of components, um, I think they should. So, um, so I think um, you know, ultimately, this is uh, um, you know not too bad for the industry. I think this, the industry will survive and probably come out a bit stronger. Well, the people in the secondary market have got to be rubbing their hands together. This is got to be a boon for their business. Yeah, yeah. The cylinder deactivation, as far as I know, is they, is is not you know really million mile uh, ready. I, I mean, as far as I've <laughs> uh, I've never heard of cylinder deactivation lasting that long. So, um, so that'll be interesting. <laughs> I've driven it. Uh, Jacobs has had me out in the test track a few times, and it it works. You know, mm-hmm. from oh, small scale stuff. Yeah. So. Like you say, a million miles. I don't know how long. That's a different story. Any final words for us on this, all before I let you go? Um, no, I think uh, I think you asked the right questions, and um, I definitely uh, you know appreciate you having me. Well, Tim, uh, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. We've been talking with Tim Denoyer, uh, a vice president, and senior analyst at ACT. This is HTT Talks Trucking. I'm Jim Park. We'll catch you next time. Don't forget to subscribe to Heavy Duty Trucking's YouTube channel and give us a like. That helps other people to find us. Check out our other social media channels as well. We're on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And remember, there's lots of great written content about the trucking industry on our website, truckinginfo.com. I'm Jim Park. Thanks for watching.